welcome to the Rich Thoughts Podcast, where our goal is to glorify God and terrify the devil. Get ready. It's going to be a great journey. Good morning and welcome to Rich Thoughts for Breakfast. I'm Harold Herring, and that's my fine wife, Beth. The last couple of days, we've been discussing the seven dirty deeds of the devil. That's right. And we're going to finish the teaching today, I think, we think. We believe. But first, a brief review. Number one, deception. The real tragedy is that most folks who are being deceived don't realize they're being deceived. The best way to avoid deception is to stay in the Word, though that alone is not enough. We know some mighty men and women of God filled with the Holy Ghost and fire who have fallen into sin through deception of the enemy. It can be stress on the job. Overwork, family struggles with spouse or children, children, financial or money problems. These are all open doors for a sneak, deceptive attack by the enemy. So we must be wise to his cunning wiles. Number two, distractions. <clears throat> In Mark eleven nineteen, excuse me, make that four nineteen. Mark four nineteen classic amplified. It says this. Then the cares and anxieties of the world and distractions of the age and the pleasure and delight and false glamour and deceitfulness of riches and the craving and passionate desire for other things creep in and choke and suffocate the word and it becomes fruitless. Our desire, if it turns into lust for things, is going to choke and suffocate the word of God in us paying particular attention to the scripture when it says the word will become fruitless. God has made amazing promises to us in the word, but we can't let fleshly desires for other things and people take precedent over him Then, and our relationship with him. Then we're going to, you know, live, well, an unfulfilled and disappointing life, no matter, you know, and be no better off than those who really do not understand and know God. It doesn't matter how many sermons we've heard or seminars we've attended or Christian programs we've watched. Misplaced spiritual priorities permit, well, financial and personal stress to take root in our lives. So true. Number three, delays. Daniel 10, 12, 10, 12, classic amplified. Then he said to me, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your mind and heart to understand and humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I have come as a consequence of and in response to your words. Number four, disappointment. Seven verses help us to overcome disappointment when the enemy tries to use it as a weapon against us. First, and you need to take down these. We've already gone through them, so take down the scripture and you can look it up. It'll help you if you don't remember it. First, the Lord will save you from disappointment. That's Psalm 3418. Psalm 3418, and we did it from the easy reading version. Second, God will turn your disappointment into hope. Hmm. And we got that one from Psalm 119, 116. Psalm 119 verse 116 in God's Word translation. Then another one, <clears throat> excuse me, is that disappointment, when properly faced, will strengthen our character, faith, confidence, and patience. 
And that's from Romans 5, 3, and 4. Romans 5, 3, and 4 in the Classic Amplified. Fourth, disappointments won't last, but his blessings, hallelujah, will last forever. Oh, that's Second wow. Corinthians 4, 16 and 17. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16 and 17 in the Living Bible. Fifth, every disappointment can be used to fulfill, to fulfill his divine purpose in our lives. That would be Romans 8, 29, 8, 28 also would help. 8, 28 and 8, 29. Sixth, dealing with disappointment is a matter of mental preparation. That's good. That's in 1 Peter 1, 13. We read 1 Peter 1, 13 in the NIV, New International Version. And seventh, forgetting the disappointment of the past as God wants to do a new thing in our lives. And that's from Isaiah 43, 18 and 19. Isaiah 43, verses 18 and 19 in the Classic Amplified Bible. Amen. Number five, discouragement. Discouragement is a temporary feeling that occurs when somebody is not doing what they promised you they would do or things are not going the way you thought they would or altogether. Sometimes the enemy will try to make you think discouragement's a sin. It's not. But here are seven ways to overcome discouragement. First, get your attitude right. Get your attitude right. Philippians 2.5. Philippians 2.5, New Living Translation. Also, Ephesians 4.23. 4.23, Classic Amplified. Now, we're going to pick up where we left off on yesterday's Rich Salts for Breakfast Call. Second, it's not all about you. This is particularly true if your discouragement is based on why someone didn't do for you what they said they would do, or even if they didn't speak to you. you got to get pride out of the way. Consider these two scriptures. Proverbs 11.2, 11.2 Message Bible. The stuck-up fall flat on their faces, but down-to-earth people stand firm. There is one eventual consequence for people who are bound for their own pride. You read about it in Proverbs 16, 18. 16, 18. Pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Third, think happy thoughts, or we prefer rich thoughts. Amen. It's a choice. Proverbs 23, 7. 23, 7 says, For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Proverbs 4, 8. 4, 8. The Living Bible. Now, brothers, as I close this letter, let me say this one thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and good and right. Think about things that are pure and lovely and drill on the fine, good things in others. Think about all that you can praise God for and be glad about it. Fourth, stop entertaining your disappointment. It's over. It's done with. Let it go. The more you think about your disappointment, the bigger stronghold these thoughts are going to build. It's easier to pull an, well, to pull out an acorn than an oak tree that's gotten rooted in the ground. Consider the words of Ephesians 4.26. 4.26. Be ye angry and sin not, let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Fifth, focus on the future. Hebrews 12.3. Hebrews 12, 3, Message Bible. Keep your eyes on Jesus. 
we both began and finished this race we're in. Study how he did it, because he never lost sight of where he was headed. That exhilarating finish in and with God, he could put up with anything along the way. The cross, the shame, whatever. Sixth, <clears throat> hang out with winners, overcomers, and conquerors. Truly, it's best to hang with people who, yeah. Proverbs 13.20. Proverbs 13.20 in the New Living Translation. Walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. Seventh, let God be God. Jeremiah 32.17. 32.17 Classic Amplified says, Alas, Lord God, behold, you have made the heavens, I love this, and the earth by your mighty power, great power, and by your outstretched arm, there is nothing too hard or too wonderful for you. Glory to God. That is powerful. And the number six one is depression. <clears throat> one of the enemy's favorite tactics is to use depression against believers who love the Lord with all their heart. Our perspective on this point is not an in-depth approach on depression. But let us share how we, well, how we think we can overcome this weapon formed against us. If you find that you just can't get above the issue yourself, you know, you need to seek spiritual counseling first at your church, I would say. However, let us also say that if you're battling depression from a chemical imbalance or a physical attack, you need to meet with a medical professional as well, for sure. Yes. Regardless, these seven things would be true. First, God knows what you're going through. Yes, he does. In Psalm 56.8, New Living Translation, you keep track of all my sorrows. You have collected all my tears in your bottle. You have recorded each one in your book. Second, he loves and cares how you feel. In Psalm 103.13, <clears throat> Psalm 103.13, Classic Amplified, it says, As a father loves and pities his children, so the Lord loves and pities those who fear him with reverence, worship, and awe. Third, when you turn to God, when times are tough, he will turn to you as well. In 2 Kings 20, verse 5, 2 Kings 20, verse 5, Classic Amplified, Turn back and tell Hezekiah, the leader of my people, thus says the Lord, the God of David, your forefather, I have heard your prayer, I have seen your tears, behold, I will heal you. On the third day, you shall go up to the house of the Lord. <clears throat> Fourth, when battling depression, God will comfort comforts when nobody else can and in ways nobody else can. 1 Corinthians 1, 3 and 4. 1 Corinthians 1, verses 3 and 4, Classic Amplified says, Blessed be the God of Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of sympathy, pity, and mercy, and the God who is the source of every comfort, consolation and encouragement who comforts consoles and encourages us in every trouble calamity and affliction so that we may also be able to comfort console and encourage those who are in any kind of trouble or distress with a comfort consolation consolation and encouragement with which we ourselves are comforted consoled and encouraged by god mm. fifth god gives us a promise Psalm 55.22, Psalm 55.22 in the Classic Amplified, and this is just one of many. Cast your, bur the, your burden on the Lord, releasing the weight of it, 
and he will sustain you. He will never allow the consistently righteous to be moved, made to slip, fall, or fail. And six, change your viewpoint. Colossians 3.2, Colossians 3.2, Classic Amplified, tells us this. And set your minds and keep them set on what is above, the higher things, not on the things that are on the earth. And seventh, everything is possible for you. One of our favorite scriptures, Mark yes, 9.23, Mark 9.23, God's Word Translation. And Jesus said, you say to me, if you can do anything, why all things are, can be possible to him who believes. Yes. Thank you, Jesus, and hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> and seventh, debt. Hmm. Psalm 97.10, 97.10. He that love the Lord hate evil. He preserves the souls of his saints. He delivers them out of the hand of the wicked. I vividly remember reading Psalm 97.10 one morning several years ago when the Lord gave me a very clear word. He said, debt is evil. I was directed to study the word evil. Consider the definition of evil found in Strong's Concordance, H7451. H7451, that means bad, unpleasant, evil, giving pain, unhappiness, and misery. No doubt about it. Dead is bad. Dead is unpleasant. That definitely gives pain. That positively brings unhappiness. Wow, this is so strong. So strong. Misery is death's closest friend. Who's responsible for all the bad, unpleasant, painful, unhappy things and misery in the earth? The enemy. And he wants us to, well, he wants to use all of it against us. Now, as we're closing this teaching for three days, we want to focus on the last part of Psalm 97.10. 97.10, which says, He delivered them out of the hand of the wicked. Make no mistake, your Heavenly Father wants to protect you from these seven weapons of the enemy. Deception, distractions, delays, disappointment, discouragement, depression, and death. And He will, if we just trust and let Him. Think on these things. Hallelujah. Until tomorrow morning at 8.30 Eastern, God bless you. Happy trails. And keep thinking rich thoughts from the Word of God. We love you. We appreciate you. Bye-bye.